0: What's up and welcome to another episode of the grind line podcast you're listening to episode 246. I am your host Greg. I'm here tonight with Ryan and uh, we are let's see what is it? T minus three days from Red Wings yeah. hockey.
1: Is that what it is? One it day two from days? NHL hockey official.
0: Yeah from the start of the season if you have not set your fantasy lineups do that now because Oosh, you're about to be that's screwed. a good call. <laughs> You're going to be screwed here pretty quick, but Ryan, how are you doing today? We have a packed show, so we're going to get you, uh, pleasantries out of the way before we jump into it, but how are you doing?
1: No, I'm pumped. I was just mentioning to you, I got a jersey in at Vintage Detroit, which took them like all of three hours to get customized. Uh, going to pick that up probably when Tyler's in town Thursday, because he's on a road trip apparently for work right now. But yeah, no, it's it's an exciting, exciting week. I get to see a lot of fun faces doing probably cookout Friday, which I'll hit you up on, on what's going on with that. But uh, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, I took Friday off of work. Oh, you did? So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what ha- I took. Ooh. I needed to take time because I only get like eighty hours of vacation rollover, so I had to bump myself down to eighty hours. So Friday, this Friday, was one of the days I took.
1: Well, so fun fact: I'm planning on probably doing a bacon wrapped pork loin. Oh, you son of a bitch! So, just throwing that out there. All right, well,
0: let's we'll see what Lily, what happens with Lily in school, because she uh, had to be picked up from school today Ooh. because she was complaining of a sore throat. So we Ooh. will see what happens with her going forward. But Does like it. I said, yeah, I know to be determined. But we have a massive show. I, I, I say massive show and we're going to still try to get everything in, in an hour. Because, yeah, we'll right. yeah, we like we know people listen to us like driving to work and stuff. And if you're driving more than an hour to work, I'm very sorry. So we're gonna start off the top with some piece of news that we missed initially and I don't know how we missed it.
1: I thought we had talked about it, just but that tells you I don't also pay that much attention. So
0: yeah, news flash, but I think it got caught up in all of the training camp stuff. The board of governors, when they met in New York, Bettman says very preliminary projections of salary cap for 2024-25 is 87 to 88 million. And the only reason that I'm mentioning this is because contracts got signed recently and they were pretty big. So that is what's a 5 million jump from what we're currently over 82.5?
1: 82.5? 83.5 is the upper.
0: Okay. So 83.5. So that is like a four and a half. Uh, no, it's a three and a half to four and a half
1: million dollar jump. Which so. is about what we thought it would be. They said, I think the rumor was what, 87.5?
0: Yeah, I thought it might be closer to a five million jump, and it'll be an even bigger one be. in the 25 26 season. But it's a it's a decent jump for having a stagnant cap for so long. And that should mean the escrow's completely paid off. But the reason that we're mentioning it is because the Winnipeg Jets today decided to extend Mark Scheifele and Collar Hellebuck to identical seven year extensions with 8.5 million AAVs, which the money is okay for connor hellebuck i didn't run evolving wilds calculator on shifley so i'm gonna do that while you talk about this but i think that that term for both of them is too long
1: i get the reasoning i mean I, you you gotta think that they're i think we i said it right beforehand there it's roughly a 2.4 million dollar raise for both of them going over the next several years and In hindsight, I guess that doesn't really impact you too much with a cap jumping roughly 4 million, but that's gonna take both of them to their age 37, 38 season. You know that based on everything you can look at in terms of analytics and what happens with especially skaters, uh, Shifley is likely going to be trending downwards. Am I, will he be? I don't know. Is he still an all-around solid player? Yes. He's an alternate captain. He's a center. I mean, he put up last season 68 points over 81 games. I think for a career, he's just shy of a point-per-game player. And the last couple of years, he's actually been at a point-per-game or above going back to 16, 17. So, you, I mean, you've locked that down for yourself. Um And it's fantastic. You've locked down one of the top goaltenders in hockey for the next seven years. You gotta hope that maybe he takes the Marc-Andre Fleury route and stays healthy, maintains a high level of play, and you you don't drop off. And and what ends up happening for you overall is now you've got guys like Gabe Velarde, who you just brought in, that can build off those guys. Uh, Rasmus Kupari hopefully can get more out of him. Perfetti, just twenty-one, getting ready to go in his RFA years. You've got a base there, and they've still got a solid decor with Josh Morrissey, twenty-eight. Nate Schmidt is the elder statesman with Brendan Dillon at thirty-two. All paid decently well. I mean, most most your big player players, I should say, are locked in over the next several years. So it does give them some flexibility, but I don't know. It, it's shocking. But I don't think it is going to ultimately hurt them. We'll see.
0: Yeah, so I pulled the numbers while you were talking. Mark Scheifele had a predicted eight-year at 9.093. Okay. And Connor Hellebuck with an eight-year at
1: 9.064. That so was got, the one we had talked yeah. about quite a bit.
0: Yeah, Hellebuck, because he is going to be like 38 by the end of this, unless they trade him, this will be the rest of his career and probably the same thing with Shifley.
1: Totally
0: which is okay. I just don't understand why they'd want to do that in Winnipeg because, you know, the Jets, you've got to live in the frigid tundra that is Winnipeg. But (laughs) they've been there for a while. And again, you lock up your, one of, like you said, one of the best net minders in the league who has a sweet Mm -hmm. pirate mustache. And you lock up Mark Shifley, who has been, uh, I'm pretty sure he's worn a letter since he got there. And I mean, he's, he's a leader of that team. Yeah. So, not bad.
1: I mean, the big thing with Hellebuck, you look at him, and Shifley's been there as well during this. I mean, Hellebuck's led them in his eight years of actually having stats with this team to five different playoff appearances. Now, that hasn't meant all the greatest things. They had one year where they got, did they get in 17, 18? I don't have that pulled up exactly, but I mean, you're banking on that to continue at this point. I mean, they've got a team that seems to always kind of be there in terms of playoff contention or, or not playoff, but Stanley Cup contention. So if that's what you can have moving forward, you're set. I mean, you look at his save percentage since 2015-16, his lowest save percentage year was a 9.07 in 16-17. Now, you j- translate to the playoffs. Last year was his worst year by far with an 8.86, but he's, he translates his solid regular season performance into the playoffs. So if you've got a team, especially if you can bring in some additional young talent, I'm not saying that it's a stretch, but they could probably make something happen there. And plus, you got young guys like Colby Barlow, Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius, all on ELCs, and they're not currently. They're I think they're AHL and junior, but Barlow got sent back to juniors. So they've got some young, solid forwards out there. So it's it, long term. This could actually probably work out pretty well for him.
0: Yeah, Shifley career overall. I mean, he only has he he came into the league in thir Well, 2012, 2013, he played four NHL games, but then he was only had three full seasons where he didn't wear a letter. Then he's been the assistant ever since or the alternate ever since 2016, 2017. And he was drafted. I mean, round one, number seven overall by the Jets. So it looks like he will be a jet for life unless mm-hmm. they trade him toward the end of that contract. Yeah. Another big signing in the NHL today, Buffalo Sabres inked Huge. Rasmus Dahlin to an eight-year, $11 million contract,
1: which is an absolute reference, monster. He's making $6 million right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an absolute monster contract, but Darlene is turning out to be one of the better defensemen in the league. I'd say he's probably top 10 right now, and it's the offensive numbers, I think, that really gets the contract that high. I'd say if his yeah. offense wasn't that high, you wouldn't see an $11 million price tag, which to me kind of sucks because the purpose of a defenseman is to play defense, like Mm -hmm. to stop the puck from going in the net and he can do that. But I would say that most is probably a better defenseman than Rasmus Darlene just doesn't have the offense right now. Could he get it? Maybe, but I, he's more of a defensive guy, but I think overall a Buffalo had to do it. You cannot you can't mess with contract negotiations with someone like that, like Dallen, especially when he's, like I said, probably one of the top ten defensemen in the league right now.
1: It, it's it works out great for them too because they've got S- Tyler Samuelson locked up for the next UFA until twenty nine thirty season at a reasonable four point two million. You get Connor Clifton locked up for the next three years, and then you've got flexibility with the rest. You got Yoki Haru. You know they're probably going to have to give him a raise here soon, if not, get, and pay him. Owen Power is about to become the 10.2C. Not acquired the necessary amount of group for required for a group two year RFA. They're eligible for an offer sheet, however, going into next season with Owen Power. So you know that he's going to require a contract. You got an IR for them right now. Jack Quinn, he's got two years remaining on his current deal to this year and next. So there's guys that they're going to have to pay. But I think it's going to work out in a way that you're hoping this is where Detroit's situation is going to be here in the next couple of years with Sider, Edmondson, Wallander, Johansson, whoever, Axel sandin Like These guys where you're going to see the top tier, your top one, get paid. Your next guy get that middle paycheck, kind of like how Buffalo's got it with Samuelson right now. And then you kind of just play those ELCs to see what happens and start trading or pay them what you think they're worth. If not, then they walk. Hopefully, this is where we see that contract or the seller cap continue to go up
0: yeah and i think that kind of segues us a little bit into Mo cider who we thought might get a contract extension this summer and it just it didn't end up happening yeah but when you see numbers like this it kind of scares you and i had a bunch of people today yell at me saying that's not the player Mo cider is he's not that good i get it It, it, cider's been in the league for two years i'm not saying that's Mo cider now I'm saying that is what most cider could be. And I think it would have benefited them to sign cider to a long-term contract this summer, but you're going to keep seeing high numbers come out because of those cap predictions that came out earlier. Mm-hmm. And if cider has a big season, this season say he puts up, I don't know, 60 points. He had what 50 in his rookie season. Say he adds 10 to that, which is not beyond the imagination.
1: No, especially Bush with keeps this power play.
0: Yeah, plus he keeps up the defensive play that he's had. I mean, you're at least looking at, it, unless you bridge him, which is possible, you could say, hey, Mo. Which is what
1: they did with Dahlin.
0: Yeah, take a three-year deal at $7.5 or whatever and just ride that until you get your huge paycheck. And by that time, he'll make like $15 million a year or whatever. But you could probably, if you were going to say at the end of the season, and he has a season like I think he might. Mm-hmm. Moe's probably going to command, I don't know, nine and a half to 10 million. That's McCarr numbers and McCarr signed two years ago. So the right. cap cap fluctuation and everything, but he's not going to hit that 11 this season, but I don't see why if he has a great season, why he wouldn't be demanding nine and a half to 10 million.
1: Yeah. I, I could see him kind of going on the trajectory of a Brent Burns. Like he, started kind of slow if you look at his stats year over year going back to minnesota but then that's but after he got through that elc things really started to click for him and there was just he had a bridge not quite a bridge deal but he had a four-year deal at 3.5 then he jumped to a 5.7 which was almost nine percent of the cap hit so do what that current math would be right now that's where i could almost see him going which then could take him into the monster deal which Brent burns when he signed at the time was of 11 the, of the, percent of the cap hit i don't know i, I could see it being a progression I, w- I would not put a bridge deal at this point out of the realm of possibility with cider knowing and taking into advantage the fact that the cap is likely going up and continuing to go up which gives him wiggle room now for a decent payday for two three years and then really capitalize once he hits that middle 20s like darling did
0: yeah, I think it's more of a bank on yourself kind of scenario. And that's and
1: think what you think. That.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's the same deal with Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond, if he has a monster year this season, he could sign a pretty good bridge deal to take it a little even further if he thinks that he can build off of what he's doing. But both those guys are going to need contracts. So I think those are the only two guys on the team right now in this lineup that are probably going to get longer than like a three, four year contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's anyone else. I mean, we've still got Jake Wallman for another couple of years, but again, if other defensemen start come are going to grand Rapids, like a Wallander, and start killing it, you've got a trade chip in Jake Wallman. Yeah. You're not going to keep all of these guys. Eventually you're going to have to move people out. Same thing with Simon Edvinson. He had a great preseason mm-hmm. and he's going to go to grand Rapids to start the year, which we'll talk about too. But, if he turns it on and gets hot and provides that offense like we saw, that's a Jake Wallman replacement. Eventually, I think your top pair could be, and again, it depends on what happens with uh, Sandy and Palika, but your top pair could be Edvinson and Sider, which is kind of what a lot of people are hoping it eventually becomes. So you've got pieces that are going to develop, are going to come in, are going to supplant other pieces that let you use them as trade chips to move cap off. It's it, it's neither here nor there, but Mo needs to get a contract. So either during the season or come summer, Iserman's going to have to get him locked up. Yeah. Want to go to the next subject? Sure. All right. So Zach Aston Reese signs a two way one year, $775,000 contract and then is immediately waived. Immediately waived and assigned to Grand Rapids. He clears waivers because he was going to, because no one picked him up after he was released from his PTO, which provides a lot of center depth to Grand Rapids. It provides a guy who has been in the league. God, it's been a while. I like I remember when he was coming into the league, and I think he came in out of college, and he's 29 now. So he'll be he'll be in Grand Rapids helping the centers down there. And again, it provides call-up in case you need. A center, Joe Valeno goes down or whatever. You need a fourth line center. Aston Reese can come in and fill in. I think it's a good depth signing. And it's not... Mm -hmm. uh, More importantly, what people are freaking out about, it's not blocking anyone. He's not
1: blocking anyone. He's in Grand Rapids. They needed a vet, an additional vet for Grand Rapids, first and foremost. But now you've got flexibility to move some guys around. So if you've got, say uh Lombardi struggling on the draw you can move him over to wing for a bit let him learn from Zach aston Reese let him let him learn from Zarnik like there's guys now that you can bounce off each other to help each other out and Marco see Casper. Done. Casper as well yeah Danielson if he it comes up at the end of the season but no I, I wasn't upset about the signing it as soon as I saw it come through I was like that's probably a depth thing and sure enough it was it's a two-way deal Clarity on the two-way contract is that he has a different salary while in Grand Rapids versus while in Detroit. So I think it was like 300 or 330 that he makes while in Grand Rapids. And then he makes the full 775 in Detroit. So.
0: Yeah, that's another, I got an argument. People are mad. So the Red Wings fan base, very angry right now.
1: Um, over what, well, I know. I know partly over what, you but. know
0: what, you know what it's over. So. Sorry, his and, minor
1: salary is 300000 That's a good day.
0: Yeah, so Zach aston reese it's a good pickup for a depth player who provides depth both to the Red Wings when needed mm-hmm. and to the Grand Rapids Griffins as well as a veteran presence. Fantastic. And it doesn't
1: mean he's your first call-up because he has no. to clear waivers.
0: No issue with it at all. No issue with signing aston reese My issue currently, so the Red Wings have their final roster. The final roster is set. Should I run through it? I should probably just run through it. Go right. for it. All right. So at forward, you have Dylan Larkin, Alex Debrinkit, Andrew Kopp, JT Comper, David Perron, Robbie Fabry, Clem Coston, Daniel Sprong, and it's Clem. That was yes. that was confirmed, not Clem. It's Clem. Daniel Sprong, Michael Rasmussen, Christian Fisher, Lucas Raymond, Joe Valeno. On defense, you have Ben Sherratt, Shane Goss Despair, Justin Hole, Jake Wallman, Oli Mata, Jeff Petrie, Moritz Sider. You're carrying Ville Husso, James Reimer, and Alex Lyon. That leaves you with a 12-7-3. 12 forwards, seven defensemen, three goalies. Names and notable omissions. People who did not make the team right now, like game one, they're not on the roster. Jonathan Beregren, not on the roster, which people flip the fuck out about. Simon Edvinson, not on the roster. Elmer Soderblom, not on the roster. It was like the last three that were remaining because Nate Danielson was sent back to Brandon, which yeah. we knew we knew was going to happen. It was either get nine games or go to Brandon. And there was no reason to take play away from someone else to put him in. Now we only have 12 forwards, so we could have, but there's, it's neither here nor there. Let him go develop. Stop freaking out about Berggren, People are freaking I, out about Danielson. I mean, I would say that what's better. Baragran playing fourth-line minutes or possibly being a healthy scratch or playing top-line minutes in Grand Rapids. What's
1: better? According to Derek Lalone, the latter.
0: Yeah. So Lalone was asked about it. He said his message to Baragran was just keep doing things to make you an everyday NHL-type guy. It makes more sense to have him playing consistently in the AHL than possibly sitting in the NHL, which makes a ton of sense. Then people started to argue with me about money. They said, Wow. He makes only seventy thousand dollars in the AHL, which I think is actually true. Um, I think he only makes seventy thousand dollars in the AHL because he's on an ELC. But oh yeah, like,
1: minor salary is 70 grand. Ew. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're like, he's gonna resent the team. And if I was him, I'd hate him. I'd hate them. And I'm go going into contract negotiations and I'm gonna be pissed off. I'm like, it's part of the business.
1: Do Any guy know how real life work works like, like-
0: that's you signed a contract. You looked at that contract. Hopefully you read it. It's not like an iPhone terms of service. It's like something that you're working by.
1: Like and you've got a it, contract for your day to day job. Like
0: he just I'm not mad. And you know that you'll be back up in the NHL. Yeah. And it's
1: seven, he's it's, also waivers exempt. Yeah. This isn't a situation where if he was wait like we saw this on paper with Raymond. These are things that can happen, and he could still be up. I think now we did get picture confirmation from Grand He's Rapids there. Griffins themselves that he was there for the first practice today. So as Cosa, so several other other guys you just mentioned, but we talked about it, and he shut us up. Him and Volano shut us up during the game as we were recording last week. But he had a pretty shitty preseason. His two first two games
0: were atrocious. They were awful. very bad.
1: Was not good with the, on the puck, not good without the puck, and he he was just kind of out there. It seemed like I don't I don't want to say maybe he took it for granted because I don't think that's the type of player that he is, but he didn't look comfortable yep. in those first. So if you
0: have a test, days. if you have a test that's four questions and you get two of the questions wrong, that's a fifty percent. That's an F. You don't pass. So thanks for showing
1: up. That's basically what he happened.
0: was he was told go to Grand Rapids. Work on your consistency, work on the little things, work on the turnovers in your defensive game because the Lalone system is a defense first system. And, and if you were turning the puck over and it's going in the net, that's a strike against you. So it's mostly the same season, or same season. It's mostly the same reason that Edvinson went back down. Mm-hmm. Because edvinson has got some defensive stuff to work on. Yeah. Offensively, the dude was
1: fantastic. No, he had nothing to work, work on there. His breakouts, the way he was attacking.
0: Yeah, and he made some really good defensive moves. Like, he had some shining defensive moments, but then there were lapses. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that Bergeron and Edvinson will probably be the first two defensive call-ups, our defensive, right. but first two roster call-ups once someone goes down. But we don't have to freak out. And then no. apparently playing no rookies because we signed guys with NHL experience Uh, it just soured the entire mood of the fan base. Everyone's very disappointed. Uh, they said, this is now going to be a garbage season because Iserman filled the team with vets to try to push for the playoffs. And that's not it. And he said, that's not it. Several times we're deep. We've got experience. If there are guys that look like they should be on the roster, even though they're younger and they look like they should be on the roster, but other guys beat them out. That's called depth. That is something we haven't had for six plus years. It's going to be okay. I understand that people are going to overreact. But today, Twitter is normally one of the more level headed places
1: for hockey. It's 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 been taken over by a cesspool of people.
0: It's becoming Facebook, which is the worst. Don't be a hockey Facebook person. It's it'll be fine. And I the roster we have now, it works. It's balanced. There's offense and defense on each line. There's guys in there that are special teams specialists like a Christian Fisher who is a Mm -hmm. PK guy. You've got guys who had big preseasons. Michael Rasmussen, huge preseason. Daniel Sprong, huge preseason. Like JT Comfer, Joe Valeno picked it up. And and coach said that same thing about Valeno. As long as his bones have stopped being made out of glass.
1: Here's the I think the difficult part for a lot of folks, and sometimes being included. Like there was no injuries that we are no. aware of. Nope. Of guys coming in hurt or guys leaving the preseason hurt.
0: No. The only full one practice out there that today. I can
1: think of off the top of my head is Robbie Fabry, and I think he, he came was back. only pulled out for precautionary reasons, and he was back a couple days later. Yeah. Because right there, that's usually how we banked on guys like Raymond, Aragon getting into the lineup, and because we winning were a spot, but also falling into one. We were old,
0: Ryan. That's why. Yeah. We had old guys get hurt. We're not old anymore besides David Perron. That's, yeah. about, that's about it. He's We have two guys that are 30 or older. Or, or three guys that are 30.
1: Nope, four? Huh? Four oh, guys that
0: are 30 or older.
1: One on forward and then one, two, three on No, defense. five. Four Holy defense.
0: shit. We've got five guys that are over 30.
1: Yeah, our defense has gotten older because of the moves that were made. But I'm... Uh, <laughs> Just, but it's fine. And the
0: three goalies thing like, people are freaking out about carrying three goalies. We have to
1: until it's Tampa
0: tactics, until Tampa figures out what the hell they're going to do to replace Vasilevsky, who's going to be out for at least two months. Mm-hmm. Like, if you waved Alex Lyon today, immediately picked up. Oh, if yeah, you yeah. waved James Reimer today, immediately picked up. So, you're not trying to give away things for free. So you need to carry three goalies. Now, what sucks about that is one of them is not going to get a lot of playtime. And I mean, that's just the the way it goes. But I mean, you you got to do what you got to do to ensure that you're not losing assets for nothing. Well, fielding a roster that is NHL capable. And we've got NHL level guys on every single line now. And when yep. is the last time we could say that?
1: That's before this shit show started.
0: Yeah. On defense and probably the last, up probably the
1: last season at, at at the Joe. And, but I don't even know if I should count that because I didn't make the playoffs that year. So I think we all need to
0: take a chill pill, cool down just a little bit, lower the temperature, look at and the lineup
1: it, and just it, breathe. It, and that's not to say, don't be, stop being excited over the, of the young players that aren't on the roster right now. Like development you, happens at both levels. They're not going to stop this, developing. Yeah, we talked about this recently. You still have one, two, three, four, five, six expiring contracts next season at forward. Raymond's getting a new contract, obviously. Rasmussen likely is too. Sprong, depending on how he played, could too. Fisher, to be determined. Joe Valeno, to be determined. So you've got at least three, maybe four, if someone else gets maybe possibly traded, spots at forward that are going to open up. You've got two expiring contracts on defense. That's where it's going to be a little bit trickier. But the fun part about it is, is that yeah, you see a lot of modified no trade clauses there, but it doesn't mean that none of these guys can be traded. Yeah, so,
0: and for and for those of you that took my quiz today, I had posted four posted a quiz. Yeah, whatever. Four projected wars of four teams in our division. One of them was us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And here are the answers. So Buffalo. Their forward war right now is a 7.6, and their defensive war is a 2.8. Ottawa's forward war is a 9.2, and their defense war is a 2.2. Tampa's forward war is a 10.7, and their defense is a 2.8. Detroit's forward war is a 10.9, and their defense is a 4.3. That is, and that's without Behrgren that is without Simon Edvinson that's without Elmer Soderblom that is the roster as it stands right now we project better than tampa we project better than buffalo we project better than ottawa it, it's just we're all going to be close and without and that's without bass like that's with vassy like without vassy tampa's pretty screwed I feel like there's going to like the first two months are going to be real rough for them because they're not going to have anyone to bail them out. Jonas Johansson is going to be their starting goaltender, which is rough, like real rough and Buffalo better hope Devin Levi is the second coming of Dominic Hossack. Yep. Because I just, the panic has already set in and Elliot Friedman basically already said today in 32 thoughts that, you know, the the red wings are bad. They're going to be bad. They're not going to be better than Ottawa. They're not going to be better than Buffalo. They'll, they'll just be better than Montreal. Which is like saying that the peewee hockey team down the street is going to be better than Montreal. I mean, they've got nothing. They're tanking the season. So let's, again, take a step back, look at the roster, look at it on paper, look at what happened in preseason, the individual guys. The team is better. The team mm-hmm. is balanced. Newsy likes the team. Uh, we also got news that Billy Huso is going to be the starting goalie on Thursday's game. Malone says they anticipate him to carry most of the weight of the starter this season. Which is like no surprise. Said, nope. If they can take 10 games off him, great. Take 10 games off of him, let him rest, let him compose himself, not get hurt, and just lighten the workload because this will be his second full season as a starter. Mm-hmm. Ryan, before we go to break and we come back and we talk about the lines at practice and going forward into game one, do you have anything to say?
1: Just calm down. Like, we haven't played a game yet. This is a completely different roster from last season. Like, there's got – everyone's healthy. Big win. You've got – guy. you brought in players that know how to win, that have been in playoff situations, that have been to a Stanley Cup and won a Stanley Cup. You brought in one of the top goal scorers over the last five seasons and Alex DeBrinckit. Let's see how it goes. Like, they're scoring goals in the preseason. I get it. It's preseason, but we see we do tend to see that translate pretty well in terms of how things can go in the regular season. I, I'm a little bit worried about that top line, but we'll touch on that here in a minute.
0: Yep. So what we're going to take a quick break uh, for a word from DraftKings and whatever YouTube decides to throw in there, I think. And uh, then we'll be right back to talk about the lines at practice today and the expectations going into game one. So we're we'll right back after a word from our sponsors. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21-plus, age varies by jurisdiction, in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. And we're back, and we are going to round out the episode by going into game one. Um, also, I wanted to throw in that Coach Lone said that uh, having guys with more experience this season is a positive, and they feel like they're ahead of where they were last season. And they should, because mm-hmm. they got guys that know what they're doing. And the like I said, on paper, the team is better. So uh, Max Boltman tweeted out the lines this morning. Forward lines at practice were Dabrinkit, Larkin, Perron, Fabry, Comfort Raymond, Rasmussen, Kopp, Sprong, Costin, Valeno, and Fisher. Uh, that bottom line is going to beat people up. They that is a fantastic mean, Saturday. That is a mean line. Like, Christian Fisher will get in your face. Clem Carson will get in your face.
1: Vlano's going to skate around you.
0: Uh, Lalone was asked this morning. I don't know if it was this morning. They just posted the interview, like, at 8.30 or whatever. But uh, Perron, it sounds like, will start on the top line, game one. Uh, they like
1: his connection. He said he liked his chemistry with Dylan Larkin. I think that was a long time coming. They tried Raymond I'm I'm a little bit bummed about it because we heard nothing about his size and I didn't feel like he's I think he needs to take some notes from Perron a little bit on how to properly really go at it and use it to his advantage to make open things up because it'll take him a minute to get used to it. Yeah. Cuz it just seemed like that's what the Larkin and DeBrinket line and Raymond that's kind of what they lacked is when the puck got to the corner they were chasing a lot. And no one really was able to get in there and get it back to did It did on occasion. He, he was just shift. He's shifty out there and he's able to do some quick stick lifts and move the puck back around on the boards. But Perron, you know what you're getting, he is going to go in there. He's going to hit somebody. He's going to cause some disruptions, but he's also, he's super hockey smart. And he always seems to be more often than not in the right place at the right time to try to make a player disrupt it. The, The defensive teams break out to try to keep their offensive momentum going so i I think it i'm hoping it works out really well
0: well i think the plus to it though like like newsy said that analytically larkin and perron do very well together as well yeah yeah um like and perron will be the guy that goes into the corner like you said one of the most elite puck protecting players in the league he's a great passer and yeah and he's a good like you said good setup guy so i think that's a solid top line the only thing that sucks is that Peron is slow so uh larkin's gonna fly into the zone no offense and to him, to but wait it's a true. minute no he knows it I and mean, he's the slowest guy on the team by a mile but he's it's lost because what? He's...
1: he said eight eight pounds or 10 pounds this offseason
0: sure maybe he can increase his speed by like two miles an hour but Larkin's <laughs> gonna fly into the zone with Cat, and Perron's gonna be at the at center ice trying and to. Hey, that could up. work
1: out great with him coming through the middle on the trailer, because he he still has a great shot.
0: Yeah. Uh. So second line in the second line, I think is where it gets interesting because you look at Fabry, Confer, and Raymond. J.T. Confer looked fantastic in preseason. It looks yep. like there's gonna hopefully be a lot of offense there in J.T. Confer, but he was also defensively responsible. Very. What happens there is Robbie Fabry looked fantastic in preseason as well. Lion and that in that last preseason game, Lucas Raymond looked really good. Now, he didn't bear anything, but he had a ton of great looks and and he was making stuff happen. So that's a good second line, I think. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think Fabry was going to start on the second line. I didn't think he was going to start top six, but he worked his way into it.
1: I I like that balance. And really, Fabry, that's kind of where he's they've been trying to make him live since he came over from St. Louis is that middle six and i feel like he's really been able to make an aim for himself especially on the second pairing i mean i think ideally you want him on the third line but we'll have to see how things shake out over the over the year if anyone forces their way back on like a burgers and just see how things go next year but that is a guy even though not overly big is like a perron and that he is going to go get that puck and he's going to throw the body to do it. Comfort's, pre- Comfort's pretty sound. He kind of, he floats out there, but in a good way. He he knows, you can tell when to turn it on and be aggressive and when to kind of just let things play out to try to make that defensive or offensive steal. And then Raymond, you've got a guy with, like him and Fabry, I think are going to click very well with the way Fabry is, how aggressive he is. You could say he's a li- like a a diet Larkin in a way, that the way that he's trying to Larkin make try making. Yeah, there we go. So I, I think it could be a fun line. We'll have to wait and see, but it's going to be on Raymond to really get himself comfortable, let things happen and let it go. Cause he, he could end up racking up the assist with Fabry out there.
0: Yeah. He needs to live that Elsa life and let it go. So third line <laughs> of Michael Rasmussen, Andrew cop and Daniel Sprong. Big. Now, again, it, it's big. Rasmussen is taking so much, but. Rass has taken shit from no one this season. We've already seen that. And he's scoring goals, too. So Michael Rasmussen is a guy that I think, and, and we had talked about, like, what are your expectations for him? And I might fully expect Michael Rasmussen to have a 20-goal season. If you're going to play him on special teams, you're going to play him on that third line. And if he gets, I don't know, 13 to 15 minutes on that third line, it's it's going to be big for him. Andrew Kopp, we saw. I mean, Andrew Kopp is going to be 100% healthy and back to form. Daniel Sprong's got a bomb. So there's going to be a lot of apples on that line. And again, if Sprong's a 22, 25 plus goal scorer, like I'd say 25 might be a high for him this season, maybe. I think that that's a line, again, that's going to score a lot. There's going to be a lot of offense there. But that's a line that's got size. That's a line that Sprong's not afraid to hit people at Mm -hmm. all. So they'll beat you up, they'll take your lunch money.
1: He's only six feet tall. He plays like he's about six, five. He looks huge. He's bulky. He's a bulky dude. So no, I I think that could be a really fun and difficult line to play against. Like you look at how this bottom six is kind of set up. Everyone can skate and everyone will put the body on you. Maybe not so much cop, Um but that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you got your center going in there, throwing the body nonstop, I mean, who knows what could happen.
0: You become a defensive liability.
1: Yeah. So, but you know that Raz is going to go in there. You know that Sprong is going to go in there. And Sprong, I think, he's like a floating striker in soccer. Like, he is at all points of the ice and he has free reign, but he covers down on his area still very well. He's... I'm excited to see how they end up utilizing him, especially when it comes to the power play unit, because they had a beautiful set play where whoever was at center just got it back. Sprong was able to tip it out to the point on defense and Sprong just kind of dropped back and split the defense for a one-timer goal. Like the shots there, you put him and Raz together because Raz, I think we've started to see more playmaking come from him. And now you add cop to the mix this could be a pretty damn good producing line for you guys. Yeah, you put Rasmussen right in front of the net,
0: put his ass in the goalie's face. Mm-hmm. You have cop who's a great facilitator, and you got Sprung with the bomb. That's like a perfect third line. And we those know, are guys that are all going to play above third line ability.
1: And we know Raz hasn't lost that magic in front when he's tight in front of the net from yep. going back to juniors. So yeah. that could work out great.
0: Yeah, I think that in a pinch, that could function as a second line. Honestly. They're they'll play Especially. above They'll play like those are mid, all mid-six guys, and we've seen Rasmussen play on the top line without any issues. So yeah. it's it's an exciting. You're you're looking at a an opportunity maybe down the line where when you do move a guy like Nate Danielson in, or you move a guy like Marco Kasper in, Cop's going to slide to the wing, which is okay as well because he's a good facilitator, and then you don't have to worry about defense there. Yeah, we saw that but,
1: already this preseason with yeah, with Danielson in particular with Cop.
0: Yeah, solid third line. Uh, mm-hmm. Fourth line of Costin Valeno Fisher, like we said, that's the beat you up line. Um, Valeno turned it on in preseason. Hopefully he can consistently do that because what we need is goals from Valeno. We need offense from Valeno. We already know he's pretty responsibly defensively. We need the goal scoring. And we saw it. We saw the offense come alive in preseason. He just needs to carry that in and do it consistently. And Newsy said the same thing. You want Joe Valeno who plays the first part of the year? to play the entire year because that's a Valeno that you thought you were getting. Now is Valeno destined to be a fourth line player. He's probably destined to be bottom six, but if he can be a bottom six guy that gets you 15 goals and he gets you maybe 25 assists and he plays responsible fourth line center, that's, that's good. That's better
1: than what he's been doing. This, this fourth line and we've talked about it quite a bit. Reminds me of what you see with Vegas. A fourth line that can score, but they're also going to hit the shit out of you. And right now on depth charts for Cap Friendly, it's Carrier, Nick Wah, and Keegan Colazar. But you look at their size of 6'2", 6'4", 6'2". And then you look at Detroit's current fourth line of 6'3", 6'1", 6'2". So guys that, are bit, that have some size to them, not only just height, but weight. Malone was yeah. actually the only one or 200 out of all these people that I just highlighted. That's going to be the biggest one is that as Malone always says, how can these guys be hard to play against? What can they do defensively without the puck to make your life hell? And this line, we even saw that I get it. The lines that we saw for Toronto the other night were mostly majority AHL players, not that great. But when this line was on the ice for one, they got a goal and for 2 they suffocated Toronto in what I was able to watch when they were on the ice that is what you hope to see from them going into the season and i think that's part of the reason why we see right now Beargrin is one of those guys and i mean you could slot a Soderblom onto here if he ups his defensive p- potential Beargrin right now i don't think would work on this line
0: no and you don't want him playing fourth
1: line he's, he's no.
0: this is your grinder line
1: is what it is yeah and they're going to make life hell. They're going to hit you. They're going to skate all over you. Are they going to always control the puck? Probably not. But when they do, they can still be dangerous enough, dangerous yep. enough to do something with it, as we've seen, as we saw. They can move it. So now, I mean, this is a line that if they're out there against the top line somehow against New Jersey on Thursday night, you're not going to be overly concerned because you know what Fisher can do. We've seen that already from his past and what he prides himself on as being a defensive forward. Volano, we know that that's part of his blood. Austin to be seen from what we understand of him, but I think that he'll be able to bring that edge. If if, if they're putting pressure on getting wearing down the opposition, boom. Now you bring on to and Larkin. That could be, that could lead to goals. You know, it's, it's possible not saying it's, I mean, it's easier said than done, but that's what you hope for with a fourth line like this.
0: Yeah. Plus Costin's going to punch you in the mouth. I mean, yep, he got, he got real mad a few times, like very mad where I'm surprised he didn't jump out of the box and go right back to fight because <laughs> it was, it was getting pretty intense. And he's a guy who, when we talked about him, when they signed him is he's got really good finishing numbers. Like he can put the puck in the net, given the opportunity to do so. So yep. that's a line that could also provide some offense. That's what we talked about. Just Having depth and having pieces both defensively and offensively up and down the lineup to make a complete team. As to where, if you look at a Buffalo, it's a glass cannon type situation. All their forwards, or most of their forwards, are really good offensively, but are terrible defensively. And if they have a bad offensive night, they're going to get their shit kicked in, is what's going to end up happening. So, you want, like we talked about, Vegas, you build the top to bottom, even lines that can all chip in offensively and defensively, and you build a complete team. And we don't have the superstars, absolutely. But Vegas, like we said, you got Eichel, who, I mean, not a superstar, but an elite-level player. If DeBrinket goes back to a 40-goal guy, that's an elite player right there. You got Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin, who people love to say, Larkin's not an elite player. Stats will tell you otherwise. Dylan Larkin is a very, very, very good center. And maybe you'll call him borderline elite or whatever, but Dylan Larkin okay. and Alex DeBrinket can lead this team. And then you just unless something it goes horribly wrong,
1: Dylan Larkin is still arguably a top line center.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you want to run through defensive pairings? We all know Wallman Cider. I mean, that's yep.
1: that's it. I actually didn't see the defensive pairings for today, so this will be new to me right now.
0: Yeah, you're blocked by Ansar. So uh, no, <laughs> second sure. second pairing that I I hate. Ah, uh, Ben Schrot and Jeff Petrie. I think they're maybe banking on the fact that they played together in Montreal, but
1: it's not a good thing to bank on.
0: No, I don't want even the way Ben Schrott looked. Even though he had a goal, which might have been a mistake, still didn't look good in preseason. I'm gonna iffy that middle line. I don't like it. And I don't think it'll last very long. Uh, third pair of Olimata and Shane Gosta spare.
1: Yeah, I think you need to switch the pairings, like. That's Sherrod Petrie, if you're putting them together, they need to be your third pair.
0: Yeah. Um, but the notable is that Justin Hole is a scratch now. currently. Now, I don't think he played bad. I think Ben Schrott was worse.
1: Yeah, uh, Hole didn't look
0: that great. I mean, he didn't look bad. No. But that's the thing. Ben Schrott got lead foot burned. This is where where we're going to struggle going through the season is like you signed Justin Hole to three by three, and now you're going to make him your seventh D. I just, it's not going to sit great with a lot of people, no, people that are already, already antsy about Eisenman. So I something's going to have to give because I would have done Walman Cider. I would have done Gosta Bear Hole. I would have done Mata Petrie and I would have made Sherrod my extra. That that yeah. would have been my defensive lineup. And it grades out better on the War Roster Builder than what's currently happening.
1: Yeah, I if Petrie and, and Sherrod are coming out as your second pairing... I don't think it's going to last long. I mean, I think we could end up seeing a situation with Sider and Sherratt last year where, in theory, it seemed like a good idea. But, like, Petrie, you can tell he he, he was there, but in a good way, I thought, for the, for the preseason. Didn't really see anything where it was, what are you doing? Why aren't you in position? But you could tell that there's not a lot of speed there. Sherratt was there. He had a beautiful goal the other night, but... More often than not, I there's a few opportunities, especially when him and Hull were playing together, where they he just continues to over-pursue. Yeah. And it G- leaves someone wide open almost he every head hunts. time. Yep. So, right. maybe in this situation, Petrie's going to be is your more stay-at-home type guy. And that lets Sherat kind of go be a mercenary out there. But I don't know, it scares me. I think Mata and Ghost, that's going to be a fun pair, but I'm a little surprised that with Hall out, like now you've got a double lefty third pairing. But I mean, I don't know. I think Mata, the reason I really like the Mata ghost pairing is it reminds me of Mata with Ronick. Yeah. And those two together were fantastic. And I think Gazda despair is very similar style of play to Philip Ronick. And I think this could really be beneficial. I mean, it could turn Ghost into a trade ship. It could just make him be a driving force to us putting pucks in the net. I don't know. Either way, I think that could be a solid. We have two out of three solid pairings, in my opinion.
0: What I worry about that second pair of the Shratt-Petri pair is the speed.
1: Yes, there's none.
0: There's none. There's negative speed there. It's like they're skating backwards, which I I guess.
1: Shratt's isn't awful. I'll give him a little bit there. But because he overplays more often than not, he's eliminates caught. any ability to get back.
0: Yeah, so that's I don't like I said, I don't think that pair. if that is the opening night pair. I mean, that was the afternoon practice, late afternoon practice. So four hours ago, that was the pair was mm. Sherrod and Petrie. I just the, the two guys that. I mean, Petrie still produces offensively, has some defensive lapses. He's getting older; he's not getting younger. And Schrock, who we saw bleed Moritz Sider dry until he was moved to Jake Wallman's pair, I just say that's one that I worry about. And I think there are better ways to do it. And I I would like to see that switch before tomorrow or before Thursday, because we still have some time today. Is Monday, and we don't play till Thursday.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, but in any case. That is what it looks like going into game one against the New Jersey Devils.
1: This this could be a a tough game. And by tough, I mean very tough. Like this is where you're going to see. This this is going to be the only downfall, I think, for how this roster is built for Detroit right now is very two way minded in terms of a lot of most of the forwards on this team. The offensive production, like a lot of guys are sound. Yes. But you're not getting attacked or you're not attacking with what New Jersey has with Meyer, Hughes, Brat, Esher, Palat, Tyler Toffoli. Like there is Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer. There is some dangerous puck controlling forwards on this New Jersey team. And it's going to be a hell of a first game.
0: But Vegas, uh, Vegas doesn't agree, Ryan. Uh, The Red Wings right now are plus 210 on the money line to beat the New Jersey Devils. So um, plus bad. Plus as bad, but not as bad as I thought it would
1: be. Fair. okay.
0: I, it's so right now the Devils are minus two fifty-eight. I thought it would be like a plus five hundred because, like we said, the Je- the Devils are a really good team, but the margin they are yeah, a wagon. The margin is not as big as I thought it was going to be. So Vegas, Bear. Vegas is hot on the uh, hot on the Devils, but not as cool on the Red Wings as I thought they were going to be. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. We have hockey on Thursday, and we will be there. Like we said, we will be oh, at yeah. oh, the home opener. I still need to get parking, but
1: we will be at the home opener. Oh, yeah. See, I plan on trying to be down there early enough to be at Harry's. So You you have season tickets, don't you? Yeah, but you still have to pay separate for parking, which it's actually not cheaper to buy them through them.
0: I thought you got parking with season tickets. No. You oh, have to it's
1: completely separate. That's stupid. Yeah. Well,
0: anyways, we will be there, and we take our big Twitter family picture in front of the team store. But if you'd like to say hi to us, reach out to us and let us know. Reach out on Twitter. We're on Blue Sky. We're on Threads. We're everywhere. Oh, fuck is it Blue just, Sky. Blue Sky. Uh, so Jack, who sold uh, Twitter to the uh, Elon Musk, uh, made a new app called Blue Sky. That's basically Twitter. So he's like making it again. That's what he's doing, and it's cool. So. Uh, you need an invite. We've got some invites. You need a Blue Sky invite. Let us know. But we're on Blue Sky. Okay. So yeah, Hit us up. Let us know if you're going to be there. And if you want to say hi and get a picture and put it on social media. You bring stuff to get stuff. out? Um, maybe. I got to see if I got stickers. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah. Final thoughts, Ryan.
1: Final thoughts. Red Wings hockey. Real Red Wings hockey is a couple days away. I think, actually, Tyler will be here. Yeah, game's Thursday. Tyler's going to be here Thursday with his dad and his buddy. I think B. Case is coming into town Thursday to stay the night as well. So we're going to have a party to watch the Wings game Thursday night unless we go out and watch it somewhere. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's uh, let's calm down a little bit. Take a deep breath. Enjoy what's about to take place. Hopefully they don't shoot the bet out the gate because, hey, if they do suck coming out, starting out the gate, A lot of people's wishes are going to get answered, and they're going to have a lot of, there's going to be some roster changes that will likely happen. And some of these young guys might end up making their way right in very quickly. We'll see what happens. But either way, it's exciting. I like the way this roster is looking going into the start of the season. And I just hope that they stay healthy. So uh, on that note, let's go Red Wings. Already Ryan
0: 33. Yeah. uh, Ditto. I'm very excited (laughs) to get hockey back because. Uh, I'm done watching children shows all day. I don't you want to do that get anymore. hockey
1: back. Did you see their wonderful uh, printout T-shirt thing that says "wooing is bad"?
0: You mean like the? Oh no, I didn't.
1: I have had, one like, things not to do during a hockey game. Who sent that to me? Was it Tyler? Yeah. Don't woo. No, Please whoa. don't
0: woo at LCA this season. Um, but you can follow me online at Bring the Wing. You follow the Grand Line Podcast online at Grand Line Pod. We give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network and thank them for hosting us. We also give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. If you use the promo code GRINDLINE on Bring Hockey Back, you'll get 12%. Use that same promo code on Howie's Hockey Tape, you get 10%. You can check out our merch on RedBubble.com by searching the Grindline. And you can sub to us on YouTube and turn on the notifications because uh, some crazy stuff might end up happening between now and opening night. Or the beginning of the season, there will just be some smaller updates that will end up doing and throwing up on YouTube when they do happen. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, it.